Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Happy 2021! Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we'll be discussing the massacre at Taliesin, Frank Lloyd Wright's love cottage. Here's what you need to know. Frank Lloyd Wright is known worldwide as one of America's most prominent architects of the 20th century. From California to the Midwest, all the way to the East Coast, Wright was commissioned to build prairie architecture homes and buildings across the country. Prairie architecture was characterized by its bold, plain lines, roomy living areas, and perimeter heating surrounding indoor spaces to distribute warm air. Comfort, convenience, and spaciousness all provided in one. Elaborate, compartmentalized homes with ornate detailing became a think of the past thanks to Wright. But why is it that we know so much about Wright's work, yet so little about one of the grisliest parts of his past? 
1914 murder of his mistress and six others at his home and studio, his beloved Taliesin. Now, let's rewind to 1903. By then, Wright was an established architect. He was living in Oak Park, Illinois. He had his own firm, and at 36, he was married with six children. His wife, Catherine Wright, belonged to the town's 19th century women's club, where she met fellow member Martha Mama Borthwick Cheney. Kitty, as Catherine was known, introduced her husband Wright to Edwin Cheney, Mama's husband. Cheney commissioned Wright to design a home for his family. During the process, Wright and Mama hit it off spectacularly well, and after the job was finished, the two stayed in touch. 1908, it was a well-known secret in Chicago that the two of them were having an affair. In the summer of 1909, Mama abandoned her husband and her two children and headed off to New York. Wright followed suit, abandoning Kitty and his six children to join Mama. The two spent a few nights at the Plaza Hotel before leaving for Europe together. After spending a year abroad writing and drafting, Wright and Mama returned to the U.S. and eventually settled in Spring Greens, Wisconsin at his Taliesin estate, a residence and studio which Wright had built for them to live in. Though it was intended to be their hideaway, the press was on to them and dubbed it the Love Cottage. By then, the bad publicity from the affair had caused a decline in commissions for Wright's work. The people of Spring Green were also not welcoming of the romance. While the Cheneys had divorced, Kitty had refused, and in the early 1910s, Wright and Mama's relationship was looked down upon. On Saturday, August 15, 1914, Frank Lloyd Wright was away from Taliesin on business. Mama's children, 12-year-old John and 8-year-old Martha, were visiting, as they often did. The three sat down to lunch in the dining room porch. Inside, in the main dining room, Wright's draftsmen and laborers sat around the table for their meal. Inside, in the main dining room, Wright's draftsmen and laborers sat around the table for their meal. They were served by Julian Carlton, the 30-year-old butler and handyman from Barbados who had been working at the estate for just a few months. His wife, Gertrude, was the estate's cook. After serving them soup, Carlton ordered his wife to leave. He then returned to the house with gasoline and a hatchet. First, he attacked Mama and her son, John. The two died on the porch. It is believed Mama's daughter, Martha, attempted to get away, but Carlton caught her in the courtyard and killed her. Carlton proceeded to pour gasoline under the doors around the house. 19-year-old draftsman Herbert Fritz was eating his lunch when he said he noticed liquid coming in from under the door. Quote, We heard a swish as though water was thrown through the screen door. It looked like dishwater. It spread out all over the floor, he recalled. Then, suddenly, the dining room burst into flames. Carlton had set the entire house ablaze. All of the house's exits were barricaded and the six men inside were trapped. His clothes and hair on fire, Fritz was able to jump out of the window next to where he was seated. As he ran away from the scene, he looked back only to see Carlton wielding his hatchet at his co-workers who were trying to escape through windows and pushing through doors. 
Billy Weston, a 35-year-old carpenter who had built Taliesin, also managed to escape, though badly burned. Sadly, his 13-year-old son, who had joined him, was also killed by Carlton. Weston and Fritz ran half a mile to the nearest home with a phone to call for help. Meanwhile, the landscape gardener, David Lindblom, managed to get out of a window. Carlton ran after him and hit him with the axe. Thinking he was dead, Carlton went on to catch the others and left David badly injured and fighting for his life. He later succumbed to his wounds. By the time neighbors and nearby farmers arrived, they found a gruesome scene. Seven out of the nine people who were at the home died. The neighbors helped put out the flames and stopped the home from completely burning down. Hours after the attack, Carlton was found inside the basement furnace of the house. He was unconscious after having swallowed a lethal dose of muriatic acid. He was taken to jail, where he died of starvation seven weeks later. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. Those killed in the massacre were Wright's mistress, Mema Borthwick, 46. Her two young children, John, 12, and Martha, 8. Ernest Weston, 13, the son of carpenter Billy Weston. Milwaukee draftsman Emile Brodell, 26. Landscape gardener David Lindblom, 38. And Taliesin foreman Thomas Brunker, 68. The only two survivors were Billy Weston and Herbert Fritz. While at work, Wright was given the terrible message. Taliesin destroyed by fire, it read. And that was all. He did not learn of the deaths until reporters bombarded him with questions as he tried to catch a train back to his home. Wright was 47 at the time of the murders. He lived to be 92. Most of his famous works came afterward. Wright's first wife, Kitty, finally agreed to a divorce after Mama's murder. Wright went on to marry twice more and had a seventh child with his third wife. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Happy to be here, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hello. And back again on a mission to get capitalism to stay forever and ever in the jail, we've got Clayton Early, alarmy member number one, baby. Capitalism going down and staying down. Put it up on the board, Clayton. Put capitalism up on the board, Clayton. Oh my gosh, we are such nerds. We are absolute losers. It's true. It's true. Sadly, I'm I'm glad to be known as the, the capitalist hound on your show i'm glad that that's like my role it just happened naturally but happy yes. to fill it <laughs> happy to fill it um clayton <laughs> is there something that's just been alarming you lately something you're having anxiety about other than the covid19 yes what oh, is yes. it what is it we we have moles in our front yard oh, oh. and they we just spent a lot of money you know that is sparse these days during quarantine and bribing, pay bribing cuts them. and COVID. We, it did, didn't work out. We planned an expensive front yard renovation, spent a lot of money on new everything, including new grass, and now this mole is destroying it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's 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 so apropos that you're mm. having uh, home problems during mm. this 
home tragedy. Yeah, on scene. <laughs> so these moles are just uh, visiting. Well, I guess they're living in your front yard. They see. Here's the good news about having a healthy yard: is that everyone loves it, including the people who want to eat it and destroy they're, it. They're too delicious. <laughs> well, I guess they like the grubs. They like dig around. They, you know, I have like little, you know, tremors. Remember the movie Tremors? Yes. Yes. With yeah. Kevin Bacon, I have little yes. tremors in my front yard. They don't. Oh you never gosh. see them, but you see. There are paths where they've dug up and pushed dirt and they eat like grubs and stuff in the dirt and it's just killing everything. So, so what do you do? Is, are you allowed to shoot them? <laughs> no. Honestly, we look, I mean, I think my neighbors would be like, what is going on if I was to stop shooting my front lawn? <laughs> like, wow, it's really bad over there. Um, you're, th- we've looked into it and there's, there's like, you can spray deterrence, which we have a guy who's our organ guy who helps us with our spider problem. Or maybe I'll just grab some gasoline and a hatchet like our segue, segue, perfect segue. Um, let's start though, by talking about rights, you know, amazing architectural, Works, you know, just to name a few. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the falling water. Have you guys seen this house? Obsessed mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. this house. Yeah. I've watched a YouTube tour, and it's like it's it's a beautiful house. I mean, I to- that's a good idea. YouTube tour. Mm. That, uh, that's something you guys can do. Check it out after you listen to this podcast because it's worth it. It's in Pennsylvania. It's built over this like gushing waterfall. It's beautiful. Wright also did the Guggenheim Museum. He uh, did Taliesin West, which is actually uh, his winter home. And that's in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's not to be confused with the Taliesin we're talking about in this episode. Mm. Uh, he also did the Robbie House, which is this iconic building on the campus of uh, University of Chicago. You've, here's the thing. It's like if you Google these images, you're going to have seen them because they're mm-hmm. everywhere. There's the Hollyhock House in, in Los Angeles, California, which is uh, up on Barnsdale Park. They do like outdoor movie screenings uh, around that house. Uh, and then there's the Ennis House, which appears in uh, movies and TV shows like The House on Haunted Hill and The Day, mm. the day of the Locusts. And it's also uh, apparently uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. It's the exterior of the quote unquote mansion of the show. To me, and we used to work in uh, catering in New. I used to work in catering in New York, and there would occasionally be parties that would happen at the Guggenheim Building. And to me, that was the best museum in the entire city because the building was built for a manageable amount of art to be consumed. In my mind, right? Oh. So, mm-hmm. like, you would walk up the. It was this beautiful spiral, sort of inclined. Um, walkway that staircase, you would just yeah. it wasn't a staircase it was you would cruise up it will oh yeah like an incline yeah and you would just cruise up it it would take you you know however long three two three hours to get through the whole museum and it was just a perfect manageable amount of art to consume and it so takes that's all the anxiety that. out of going to a museum like you know the med so cool but i feel like every right. time i would go i'd be like there's too much and where do we even start and i've yeah. missed a whole wing this yes. is just like, you just, you know, do it. You see everything. There's a little like room here and there that you can bop off to, but then you get right back on the track. Yeah. yeah. It, it is kind of soothing and calming. The whole idea was that he wanted things to look as if they were growing out of the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, but apparently Taliesin was his heart and soul. Mm. 
Uh, some people say that it's his autobiography written in wood and stone. Well, he had to build it three times. That's right. And w- maybe that's why transition. Maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's why it's his heart and soul because he could never stop building it. <laughs> you, you see how you have to constantly work on yourself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so this Taliesin, it's a home. It was a studio. Uh, it's a school now. It's an 800 acre agricultural estate. And it was uh, his favorite boyhood hill. It's built on his favorite boyhood hill in Wisconsin. Taliesin, of course, burns down and the, in 1914. Then he rebuilds it. Uh, Wright immediately declared that he would rebuild the destroyed portion of Taliesin. In his autobiography, Wright later wrote, Taliesin should live to show something more for its mortal sacrifice than a charred and terrible ruin on a lonely hillside in the beloved valley. In Taliesin 2, that's what he called it, the second one, he added a stone-floored room called the Lagia, 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 from which he could see the family chapel because that's where Mayma was buried. So it burns down again. He then rebuilds it once again. Finally, now it's a school. It's a school. For Crazy him. that an architect's house burns down because of faulty wiring. You'd think that like <laughs> he would know some good electricians. Right. I wonder if he used subcontractors for the wires. Yes. <laughs> Trying to save a buck. It was a cheap flip. It was the flip. He was just it like was a cheap a flip. <laughs> it was a he was flipping his own house. <laughs> you know, the house has been through a lot. I mean, if we want to start by putting things up on the board, I don't know. Is it possible that the house is to blame? I mean, I smell a curse. Mm. A cursed Ooh. house. The is the house cursed or is the hill cursed? Or his is childhood it? favorite hill. Or is the man cursed? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the man that is Frank Lloyd Wright. We love his work. Love his work. Turns out, pretty terrible person. He was a pretty terrible person. Really? I, I shouldn't say a terrible person. I should say a massive narcissist sometimes we get to we should forgive our artists for being massive narcissists but i'm just gonna say that out front but nope. let's get into it nope never let's okay. get into let's, it. let's let's hear what he did and then decide if we're gonna let it slide yeah, okay let's, let's, well first of all we know that he left his wife and six children for this affair like literally just left um, off to europe for a year like whoa yes and he apparently had a lot of money Although he was making a lot of money, he apparently spent a lot of money as well. Mm. And he did not help his family while he was away in Europe. It's not like he was like <sighs> sending him checks or anything. Oh, wow. that's not cool. Uh, he was born in 1867 in Wisconsin. His father actually left his mother at a young age and uh, he took the role, you know, to financially support his mother. According to history.com, while the architect dubbed his estate Taliesin, the press branded it the Love Cottage and Castle of Love. This is after he's already having the affair and has moved in. Local residents were not welcoming of their new neighbors. The superintendent of Iowa County Schools told a reporter the scandal is bound to have a demoralizing effect on the school children of the community. It's an outrage to allow young men and women and boys and girls to grow up in the belief that a man and woman can go disregard the marriage bonds when sharp tongues, disapproving locks, and even threats of 
tarring and feathering failed to drive the couple from Spring Green, townspeople called upon the local sheriff to arrest Wright. So he's not definitely not beloved in his Mm-mm. town. The eccentric architect, however, cared little about standard conventions or what the outside world thought of his relationship. Okay, fine. You know, two women. Like an artist. But this is a quote. Two women were necessary for a man of artistic mind. One to be a mother of his children and the other to be his mental companion, his inspiration and soulmate, he told one reporter. (laughs) (laughs) To another, he said, quote, laws and rules are made for the average. The ordinary man cannot live without rules to guide his conduct. It is infinitely more difficult to live without rules, but that is what the really honest, sincere thinking man is compelled to do. But uh, don't uh, plug your toaster into my outlet, otherwise my house will burn. (laughs) Okay, electrical fire guy. Yeah, like, okay, you're so special, but like, brother, your house is burned down. Like, come on, dude. I just imagine, like, I don't know, Matt or, you know, Chris here sitting Amanda and I down. And well, I do have like... a mental companion. I do have. A... <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. That the, I really hate the fact that this is the way that I have to come out with this. Who's but... your mental companion? Uh, one of our Bronco. dogs. I won't say oh, which. Bronco. <laughs> one of our dogs. Even I know that. <laughs> oh, and our cat is absolutely that's Matt's true. Mental Matt's companion, mental. <laughs> inspiration, and his soulmate. That is Fargo, hundred <laughs> percent. I get it. I get it. Do we want to put like maybe being a bad boss? Because I'm just maybe I'm speculating here, but. As they say, as they say, shit trickles down. (laughs) As you say. No, as they say. (laughs) I mean, is Frank Lloyd Wright on the board? Is that just a suit? I I put him on the board. But before we go any further, I don't know anything about this. And I'm dying to know, like, why the hell did this guy murder everyone? Yeah, yeah. We got to get into Carlton. So I don't understand. Yes, we're not going to not talk about Carlton. Just wanted to make sure we understood who right was because it, you know this all comes about because of this affair and you know they're living together well it's not why it comes about anyway so julian carlton is the killer there's actually very little that we know about julian carlton himself and why he committed the murders he never spoke about why he did it he pled not guilty Some accounts say that he died from starvation in jail because his esophagus and his stomach lining had been stripped by the by the acid, by the poison, Mm. and he couldn't eat. Others say that he just refused to eat because he wanted to die. So Hmm. there's we don't know why. I read some I think on history.com there was like speculation that there were some like race related rumors from yes other I don't know if it was from the laborers or from Wright and and yes. uh, Mayma themselves but maybe Her, that Yes so uh, according to history.com Franklin Roy, uh, Lloyd Wright says a witness recalled Lindblum who's one of the victims, having said of Carlton, if anyone around there ever did him any dirt, he would send him to hell in a minute. There were rumors of workers possibly directing racial slurs at Carlton and of a dispute with a few, uh, within a few days earlier about saddling a horse. One of Taliesin's surviving workers said that uh, Borthwick, which is Mayma, had told the Carltons that they were going to be let go. Mm. The killer's wife confirmed that they were due to take a train back to Chicago that night. 
Oh. So okay, this guy's well, that... been fired, and he's been insulted, and he's like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just yes. going to burn this place down and go. But, <laughs> I mean, that's motive. Oh, yeah. But le- but it gets more complicated. Mm-hmm. A- according to CrimeMuseum.org, Carlton's motive for the attack was never conclusively, uh, conclusively determined, at, um, as he never explained uh, to the authorities. However... It is most likely that Carlton snapped after learning he would be let go from his job at Taliesin. And witnesses claim that he had been in several disputes with both employees and Borthwick, right? So he's, uh, uh, and, 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 and Wright had begun advertising for another worker. So he'd put out an ad for, to replace him. Mm. Carlton's wife, Gertrude, who also lived and worked on the grounds, further testified that her husband had recently grown agitated and paranoid. Mm. In the weeks prior to the attack, he had slept with a hatchet in a bag next to his bed. She said that the two of them were supposed to travel and search for work the next day. So he could just have some onset mental illness or like something going on contributing. Yes. I mean, it's it's all speculation because it's the 1910s. It's not like people were being diagnosed right. for uh, mental health issues. But I, I, there's only like one article that said one line of like, some suspect Carlton suffered from some mental illness. Well, what about revenge? I think we had to put revenge on the board. And then also, what was the term that um, Alyssa used for the Betty Broderick condition? Wasn't there some sort of, or we had some guest expert give us like a great revenge term. Does anyone remember that? Mm. Oh, let me go back to our, some of our documents. Yeah. I'll see if I can dig that out. Can I put something on the board real quick? Oh, yeah. This will go into Clayton. Clayton will like this because this is sort of a place to capitalism, but job insecurity. Mm. Job insecurity. Um, a quick update. It was in the Vlad the Impaler episode. Where it was something you brought up, Rebecca. Untreated PTED, which is post-traumatic embitterment disorder. Do you mm. recall that? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That could go up on the board. Yeah, might as well throw it up there because it seems to me the simplest motive is that this guy lost his job and hated these assholes who were racist. And and then, of course, there was probably untreated mental illness as well because it sounds like he it sounds like if he was sleeping with a hatchet next to his bed, he was in fear for his own life. And that may, may have been in his own mind. But yeah, it also could. Yeah, it could also be that there was some kind of illness. I mean, we'd be speculating, but like uh, some kind of a paranoid schizophrenia, you mm-hmm. know, out, you know, trigger or uh, something. Throw, you throw know. untreated mental illness up there? Untreated mental illness. Yeah, yeah throw- let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, this uh, book that came out about uh, recently where, because everywhere it says that he's a servant from uh, Barbados. So, okay. So according to Paul Hendrickson's book, Plagued by Fire, The Dreams and Furies of Frank Lloyd Wright. It's possible that he was actually not from Barbados and he was from Alabama. Hmm. He reaches as far back into Carlton's past as as documentary evidence will allow, looking to census accounts and tracking down an 1869 marriage certificate for his parents. He pursues every trail from Alabama... Alabama, where Carlton was born, to Chicago, where he lived, or heading to Wisconsin, and you know, he, this this author poses the question: you know, why did he did he insinuate it himself, or did Wright just make that up? 
the reason he gives is that it's possible that Carlton viewed being from the Caribbean as more desirable than being uh, African-American from Alabama. Oh. Mm. Uh, interesting. I see. Because maybe it was like more novel to have yeah, someone like, from a different country working for you than just, you know, someone from Alabama, especially right. if there's racial undertones. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is what I'm kind of getting at where it's how could there not be? racial undertones. Sure. But if he's lying about where he's from, it also makes me suspect that Carlton is some sort of con man. I mean, we have to also, you know, context is everything. This is like at the height of the Jim Crow lynching era. Tulsa massacre, you know, happens in, I I believe it's 1918. So it's just a few years later, you know. Right. Tensions are really, really high, especially in the Midwest. Mm. So I do think we have to put racism up on the board. Sure. It's rumored that the other workers directed racial slurs at him. Could this have pushed him to the edge? According to an article on BBC, scores of farmers arrived to help. Right. So the house is on fire. There's been a, a, a the murders have happened. The farmers show up. Wright's relative, the Unitarian preacher Jenkin Lloyd-Jones, Iowa County Sheriff John T. Williams, and Sauk County Undersheriff George Peck, set up a posse to hunt for Carlton. He was quickly found hiding near the burned-out building where he had swallowed acid. He was nearly lynched on the spot. But the sheriff and posse pursued by three carloads of men with guns got him to the uh, jail first. Yeah, so it sounds like he was pushed to his this sort of mental state. It might have been a combination of his sort of untreated mental, if there was an untreated mental illness there, or the sort of pressure that he was experiencing by being, a, a you know, a black man alive at this time. Yeah. Despair. It's just like all, it's like death of despair you know like just you have nothing you feel like you have nothing to live for this guy's lost his job he's you know a lot of racial discrimination and he might as well take his own life but take some others before he does it it's like he snapped so is there yeah. something we can put on the board that encapsulates this idea of like the you know the most dangerous people are the ones who have nothing to lose um oh, although wow. this guy had a wife so he had yeah. something to lose but i i also want to bring up something that I think Clayton's going to like. And uh, Malin, who does uh, helps me with research, she's the one who kind of brought this up. She thinks class resentment should be up on the board. Mm. Um, it's a la Parasite. Mm. <laughs> oh, the, yes. Yeah. The, the movie Parasite. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she wrote here, I'm reaching because we know so little about any motives, but it sounds like Carlton was potentially being let go and enduring racial harassment on the job, working for obscenely wealthy people. This was not just like any old house that he was being dismissed from. Yes. And it, it, I, I, there are some accounts that Mema was not a particularly nice person. And of, clearly neither was right. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, I want to put up on the board, instead of like snapping, I want to put up on the board murderous rage. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I also want to talk about uh, perhaps it's karma for adultery. Sure. I thought karma for sure. (laughs) This is not like you, Rebecca. (laughs) I know. I know. I uh, look, everyone's got to live their life. 
You know? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? You know, it's like from the Rihanna song. You got to live your life. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But according to the Chicago Tribune, all the club women and the mutual friends of the two families appeared uh, just as well posted. So they knew all about what was going on, the Tribune reported. But there was a general understanding all around to keep the facts sequestered as long as possible. Something Catherine Wright told the Tribune suggests that she hid the truth from herself. This is a quote from Kitty, uh, his ex-wife, or his first wife. I can name you a number of prominent women of Oak Park with whom he went automobiling. (laughs) But those trips were purely business matters, she said. Those women were architectural clients, and he told me about every one of them. There's also some other quotes where she uh, said, it is very sad. She kept saying, like, he'll be back, essentially. Like, let him go and... Off to Europe. He'll be back. Mm. Mm. It is really sad. Washington Post article says, though Carlton's motives remain obscure and unknowable to this day, the carnage was held up by many as divine retribution for Wright's marital misbehavior. So that's what was said around Well, town. and this is a much more religious time, too, in America, right? You can see a bunch right. of like, religious fanatics being like, I told you so. Yeah. Uh, another thing I read on history.com, even after tragedy stuck the, struck, the public remained fixated on the relationship. I guess some things will never change, right? So they were like the Brad and Angelina of the town and the, and the, the time. Yeah. There's this uh, woman who uh, wrote uh, a book about the, the affair who uh, was interviewed in an NPR article who said, I think Mema Cheney. Cheney was a woman who had a hole in her soul. She was a woman who had unrealized potential that she wanted to explore and experience. Highly educated, fluent in several languages, Mema longed for more in life. To her, more looked like Frank Lloyd Wright, but the two paid a terrible price for their passion and individualism. It ruined Frank Lloyd Wright's practice for many years afterwards, and it ruined Mema's reputation. I think Mema was a flawed person. You can certainly uh, view what she did as selfish act you can also view it however as a form of self-preservation in terms of what she needed to do for herself i have something to put on the board and this is a some lingo i just picked up today and i tagged you in it on instagram rebecca i don't know if you saw it but um, because i've been trying to figure out like what is the word for this because we were talking about sort of individualism and i forget what were we talking about blaming individualism on Uh, uh, we were 20, going 2020, 2020. 2020. To- yeah. toxic individualism because individualism <laughs> yes. is a good thing in a lot of ways. But when it becomes me above all else and I don't care what happens to what the fallout is, then it's toxic. I right. love that. I think we need to put that up on the board. I think we can also put um, lack of resources good old lack of resources because had Carlton, if he was suffering from some kind of mental illness, then, then, you know, he could have gotten help, but clearly that was just not part of the time. I mean, along those lines, then can you blame like, just like the, the time, like the era, like it's, you know, this was a time where there was not a lot of like science or writing behind mental illness. There were not, there wasn't as much like social resources or, opportunities mm-hmm. like can you just blame like yeah i mean i wonder if we can do like the closed-minded era yeah so maybe because... it's like the the closed-mindedness of the early 1900s 
sure. Yeah. It's funny to think about that because in a certain way, the early 1900s were so liberating, you know, if you think about like the past, but what a nightmare. But not a, a nightmare. they didn't quite get there fast enough for uh, the murder at the Love Cottage. There's yeah. also something to burning the burning of the house that you almost want to put put up. Maybe it's Frank Lloyd's Floyd, Frank Lloyd Wright's art, architectural style that made Carlton go so crazy. He hated it so much. It was so sterile. <laughs> it was it's too so like streamlined and sterile. Too, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's all compartmentalized. I know these days, um, you know, open concept is the fad of yeah. our time. Well, you Frank know, Lloyd Wright was very not open concept. He was very closed concept. Well, Clayton, if you could. You're, you're making a joke <laughs> about this, but you're actually like, if you think about it, when it comes to fires, always truth an open, an open space is actually the worst because right. you want to be able to oh, close air. off the fire. Oh. So like, mm-hmm. it, you know, if, if, if you're ever in a burning building, you know, they, they say like, close the door. They even automatically close, like in large buildings, they have those big magnetic doors that will close the fire alarm. So so, uh, these older kind of styles that have like more rooms and are kind of closed off are actually better when it comes to uh, stopping trapping fire fire in a house. But there also what seemed to be like... um, he Carlton easily blocked all of the entrances somehow. I'm assuming he... it's such yes. It's vicious to think. I mean, the image of him blocking people and setting on fire, and then as they try and jump out the window, he like hacks at them with the hatchet, so they're stuck inside. Like that's really uh, he... that's very specific and premeditated. That, and that, that is yeah. like I was saying, like rage fueled. Like yes. that, that is yes. something where your adrenaline is pumping. Like you don't just do that. Like that. That's mm-hmm. you're really angry. And the fact that he had a plan, like to bring the hatchet, mm-hmm. like he was, he was clearly gonna burn the building. So I'm assuming he was hoping to burn them inside because he locked the doors. But he brought the hatchet as like a backup tool in case they got out. It's like except for the except for Mayma, except for he the first killed them. Yeah. he killed them with just his that, hands and the hatchet. Yeah, it's it's so just deranged. a brutal sight. It's a brutal sight to see. I can't imagine the guy who escaped. And, um, and children. I mean, these were oh children. So whether or not, like, sorry, and we need to get to this list, but just up front, like, whether or not, like, these people were bad employees or even <laughs> racist, like, the children, and maybe the children were racist. They probably were. But it's <laughs> still, like, you shouldn't hatch at them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's get to the blame game, yeah. huh? Okay. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Who is to blame for the murder at the Frank Lloyd Wright Love Cottage? Is it Taliesin, which is the cottage itself? Mm-hmm. Cursed mm-hmm. Childhood Hill. Frank Lloyd Wright. Being a bad boss. Julian Carlton. Untreated mental illness. Revenge. Job insecurity. Untreated PTED, post-traumatic embitterment disorder. Racism. Class resentment, murderous rage, karma for adultery, toxic individualism, lack of resources, closed-mindedness of the early 1900s, or Frank Lloyd Wright's architectural style. <laughs> okay. That last one, if, if it was a style, then we'd have a lot more murderers across the country because he has a lot of houses, right? <laughs> yes, we can take that off. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can also take karma for adultery off. I'm yes. sorry, but it's yeah. like, it does, it, you know, the adultery easy. sucks, right? We agree, it sucks. Um, but... That it's a no, no, no one deserves a murderous rampage. And no. we're here for the facts. This isn't. We're not here to Matt. This isn't a magic, magic yeah. show. No, no. <laughs> so it, uh, along those lines, cursed childhood hill, I believe, can yeah. go. Yeah, we can take that <laughs> off. I also think that untreated PTED we can actually take off because we're not sure what he went through. No. So mm-hmm. it just be spe- speculation. Yeah. Like this could have been a. a you know, a ton of other stuff we know nothing about before he even started working for them, you know, like mm-hmm. something could have right. been already boiling up. Exactly. To that point, I feel like being a, a bad boss, it's like also kind of, we don't know too much specifics about that. And I yeah, also but- think Frank Lloyd Wright, we can take off. He wasn't yeah. even there. And yeah, he sounds like an asshole, but he did lose like his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, not his family, but he has workers. He, he was like, <laughs> Those weren't his children? Mm-hmm. No, they were her, they were her hers children. From okay, well, the, his, yeah, yeah. his lover and her children. Yeah, he lost his lover. I mean, he was definitely, you know, heartbroken, although he did quickly um, start dating someone else. Oh, I'm sure he did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that 
takes away from. Well, he needs a mental companion. <laughs> he needs someone. normal people like some people here. I won't mention. <laughs> don't Yogi. need a mental companion. <laughs> Yogi. My dog. dog Yogi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he needs a mental companion. Yeah. That's me. I'm his mental companion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your Yogi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. I think we can also take Tally S in the house off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then what about yeah. revenge? Because that's speculative. I agree. It seems like, like we would. Yeah. What's the revenge for? Because he was losing his job, or because of the racial slurs? It's like. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it could have been, but more than that, revenge is a bigger. Yeah, I think revenge yeah. is more like you know you were like maybe if his wife was having an affair with Wright, then you're like okay, revenge plays a bigger role, but it seems less smaller. He was only working there for a few months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If anything, job insecurity is more to blame. Right. But I think we can maybe wrap up job insecurity into like lack of resources. Oh, right. yeah. Because there's no, yeah. I mean, I don't know about welfare at the time, but. No, I don't. I don't or you could, was- you could wrap all of those up into, you know, like racism or, or like class resentment because he was a person of color. He probably, you know, he didn't have job security and resources because no one in that population did at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we could wrap class resentment, lack of resources and closed mindedness of the early 1900s into racism, or we wrap racism and uh, lack of resources into, or we can wrap it all into lack of resources too. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering because like class resentment is really good too. It that's yeah. that's really and w- there's like a race right in the class is the built-in racism, right? Yeah, that's which is true. Which leads which really then leads points towards rage. Right. Right. Murderous <laughs> rage. Right. Murderous rage. Yeah, kind of. And or mental ill. I mean, again, the mental illness is speculative, but it's like. Who's to say what's causing the mental illness? Is it something right. that he, is it hereditary or is it a result of the constant, you know, like racism, classism, um, yeah. despair from lack of resources and, you know, just general miserable. So, miserable. so why don't we take racism off? Cause we'll, we'll fold that into class resentment and lack of resources uh, that can fold into class resentment too. Yeah, I think that's good. And then what about closed mindedness of the early 1900s could yes. also fold in? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So right now we have uh, Carlton, we have untreated mental illness, we have class resentment, murderous rage, and toxic individualism, which we can take toxic individualism off because that's more about the victim yeah. mm-hmm. than it is <laughs> about what happened. Now, remember, we have to do, we have to pick something for the big slap. Are we wanting to send Julian Carlton to jail? I do think we have to. Right. He, I mean, he, this is a, a really bad, this is a bad murder. We just don't know enough. And based like, on what we know and what we're looking at, it's like really hard not to. And we provide mental health resources in the jail. It's, you know, rehabilitation. You do? Absolutely. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's a good, this is like a reform jail. I'm oh, good, of course. To know we're that. all about oh reform. Oh, my God. Pun- okay. Severe punishment, <laughs> um, public humiliation, and then yes, reform. Yeah. Okay. 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 Public humiliation in the form of like cafeteria. <laughs> we love cafeteria humiliation. Mm. I'm with you. I'm kind of like leaning 
toward Julian Carlton going to the alarmist jail. Now we have to figure out what is going to get the big slap for it. Like what was the big thing that led him to either snap or to, you know, go into this murderous rage? Like, I wonder if class resentment makes untreated mental illness worse. I don't know. I I kind Mm -hmm. of am liking class resentment only because... I, I don't know. It, it just feels like it fits this. It's a little bit speculative, but we're only slapping it. And we don't know if he w- if what he had. It sounds like he could have had a mental illness, but we don't know. I could, yeah, I can get down with that, especially because the author that you were referencing earlier, Rebecca, you know, again speculating about how he maybe was actually from Alabama until he was trying to like make himself look better because he was obviously very aware of his class and disadvantages. Right. Uh huh. And it doesn't feel good to slap mental illness or untreated. Like, you know, mental illness is like a problem that needs a lot of like caring and love around it versus like scolding. It's like <laughs> you want know, to scold someone for being mentally ill or mentally like it's like yeah. classism yeah, is a, just like a ju- objectively bad thing. <laughs> yeah, classism kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's also I like that we're calling it class resentment because it's specific from like Julian's point of view, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to call it class resentment. You're getting the big slap. Julian Carlton, you're going to the alarmist jail. He did it. I mean, he he literally did it. The hatchet, the gas. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible way to, to die. This is for the record. Sometimes we do send the murderers to jail. Okay, not all the time, but sometimes we do. So, in case, you're, in case you're thinking about murdering someone, just remember, <laughs> you might get sent to the alarm. <laughs> that should be a deterrent. Yes, that is the well, significant deterrent. Clayton, thank you so much for joining us uh, and helping us figure out who's to blame, you know, for, for this terrible massacre. Always my pleasure. After the massacre at Taliesin, according to crimemuseum.org, Despite its controversial beginnings as the house right built for a woman who was not his wife to becoming the site of the deadliest single killer rampage in Wisconsin's history, Taliesin remains open and is visited by thousands of tourists every year. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be figuring out who's to blame for heaven's gate Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.